click drive time keeping you informed and inspired we love god we ought to be able to talk about him getting you started on your day with the latest in breaking news and information from the vatican to the white house and everything in between it's serious it's fun it's your catholic drive time now here's your host joe mcclain praise be to jesus christ welcome back to catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired i'm your host joe mcclain praise be to god it is good to be on with you this morning Life under the Taliban rule. Today we're going to be talking about Afghanistan. We're going to be talking about Islam and the Taliban. Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch is going to be joining us to discuss that at 35 past the hour. At 15 past the hour, we will have a What's Concerning Us. There's an article out, over 60% of born-again Christians between 18 and 39 say Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. Those are born-again Christians. Let that sink in for a moment. Boy, these times that we live in, aren't they something? Praise be to God. We're going to have a good show to have a conversation around that and so much more on the program today. Good morning to you, Janice. Joe, how are you? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. Awesome. Um, We're going to have a a great show. We're going to jump in with Robert Spencer at 15 past the hour, Jihad Watch. We haven't had him on in a while. We're looking forward to having him back. And uh, speaking of having him back, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Morning, morning. It's good to be here. Yeah, praise be to God. We have We have survived the week thus far. So far. I mean, it's only Tuesday, but I I love that meme on Wednesdays. uh, My buddies always share this meme. It's like, oh my goodness, it's been a rough week. And And then it's like, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. We're not there yet. Yeah, was yeah it easier we're not even to, there yet. Was it easier to wake up yesterday or today, Janice? Um, so I have actually have been having a trouble sleeping. Okay. So I, I technically haven't actually woken up. I just have stayed up. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That'll catch up to you pretty fast. That'll catch up pretty I'm fast. I'm like trying to train my brain, go to sleep, go to sleep, yes. and then I can't sleep. It's been hard to sleep, so that's been my struggle. You know, the, the trick for me was uh, you got to be a dark room, uh, white noise, the thunder and rain sound. Oh, it's great. It's fantastic. You know, you know what my trick is? What's that? I close my eyes. You close your eyes. Yep. You wish, pal. Mm-hmm. All that eyes. Red Bull you drink, <laughs> forget and it. Boom. Forget it. Out like a, not like a light. <laughs> yeah. I sleep uh, anywhere, anytime. It's a talent. It's a I, talent. If it's an Olympic sport, oh. I would win. You got to relax your face. Your your muscles in your face can keep mm-hmm. you awake because they're tense, right? You got to just let them go. You got to let those muscles mm-hmm. relax. This whole show, we're going to cancel Robert Spencer. We're going to talk about the uh, importance how, of how, sleep. How do you get to sleep today? I'm teasing. We're not yeah. going to do that. We're not doing that. <laughs> uh, but praise be to God. We're going to do a, uh, uh, of course, breaking news and stories here in a moment with Janice. And then we're going to do a Gospel of the Day, Saint of the Day. Well, hopefully we'll have a little bit of a reflection. Thank you to verboom.com forward slash GRN, our, our show sponsor for the Gospel Reflection. Praise be to God. 15 past. We're going to jump into a series of stories uh, that are concerning to us, uh, one of which came comes out of Catholic culture. Uh, .org, and it's going to be on the vaccines, okay? So, But it's unconscious, conscientious objections to that. Where do we stand as Catholics in the Church and, and all of that? So that's coming up. Uh, but then, of course, I want to jump into that story uh, out of the blaze about these born-again Christians who have basically, I don't know, can you say they've left their faith? I think you, you kind of have if you abandon Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. I'm pretty sure that's 
the bottom line there. But we'll read a bit of that article to you, as well as a bunch of others. So there's a lot coming up in the show today. If you can join us in the second half of our program, which is in the next hour, we would love to have you. We, of course, are going to play our game, Fear and Trembling. And we give out prizes every week, praise be to God. And our show sponsor this week is giving us a, uh, a flag to give away, a Catholic flag, thanks to Sanctus Company, who uh, makes uh, Catholic apparel and much, much more. And uh, we're very grateful to them. So we'll be doing that in the next hour. You can find the rules. You can find, uh, you can actually watch live. You can listen live. You can comment live right on the program, right on our website, as well as join our CDT Insider email list, listen to podcasts, watch past content, and so much more right on our website. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grn online.com forward slash cdt so that's the deal there let's jump into it and let's begin in the name of the father the son and the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee O virgin of virgins my mother to thee do i come before thee i stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janice. Today's headlines from Epic Times. Healthcare costs for American veterans are skyrocketing. Biden calls on U.S. companies to mandate COVID-19 vaccination. Despite thousands of death and adverse reactions, the FDA has officially granted full approval for Pfizer COVID vaccine. The FDA authorizes the shot for vulnerable and immune compromised people, but FDA did state that it discourages off-label use of FDA approved Pfizer vaccine for children. They state that the Pfizer vaccine should not be prescribed for children under the age of 12, as no data exists on proper dosing or safety for youth. From LifeSite News, Pope Francis publicly accepted the resignation of 52-year-old Bishop Solsona Diocese, Bishop Xavier Novol Goma, after the bishop had reportedly spent a period of reflection and discernment and prayer regarding his future and then spontaneously offered his resignation to the Pope. From LifeSite News, the great resignation leader Klaus Schwab has said that a meeting with the Brazilian Archbishop Helder Camara was a crucial moment in his life. Catholic News Agency says the Archdiocese of Mexico called on Sunday on the faithful to voluntarily get vaccinated against COVID-19 vaccine, but it is currently not considering making it a mandatory for clerics or employees. And that's for that's all for your headlines this morning. Yes, the saint of the day is Saint Bartholomew the Apostle. He was born in Galilee. He is one of the twelve apostles, probably a close friend of Saint Philip. Bartholomew's name is always mentioned in the Gospels in, in connection with Philip, and it was Philip who brought Bartholomew to Jesus. He may have written a gospel, uh, though now it is lost, and is mentioned in other writings at the time. He may have preached in Asia Minor, Ethiopia, India, and Armenia. Well, someone did. And uh, left behind assorted writings and local traditions that say it was Bartholomew. 
He was a martyr, like almost all the apostles were. He was flayed alive in at Albanopolis in Armenia, which if you see statues of him, you'll see him holding his flesh in his hands. It's pretty epic. He has relics, uh, the relics of St. Bartholomew on the Tiber Church in Rome, Italy, and in the cathedral in Canterbury, England. St. Bartholomew the Apostle, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 45 through 51. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Has it ever struck you when you read this passage, like like how extreme Nathaniel's response is to Jesus? Like on the surface, right? The 21st century Western English ear that listens to this passage. It seems like, college you whiz, Nathaniel. Like, what did he say? Like he, he hardly said anything. All he said was, here is a true child of Israel. And there's no duplicity in him. And you respond with this crazy, you know, he saw you under the fig tree. Okay, great. So he saw you under fig tree. Like what is going on here that you automatically go into? You are the son of God, the king of, I mean, like that's a pretty, pretty epic response to something so seemingly little. But the reality is there's something deeper going on. This is why we we would encourage you to dive deeper into your faith. Because ultimately, Nathaniel was actively seeking for the Messiah, the prophesied Messiah. Zechariah chapter 3 is a great place to read. It says, Hear now, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your friends who sit before you, they are men of good omen. Behold, I will bring my servant, the branch. Hmm, the branch, the branch. Where have we heard that before? Isaiah chapter 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. And guess what? What does Nazareth mean? Nazareth literally translates into English as branch town. And Nathaniel starts to put things together because he reads his heart. Jesus reads the heart of Nathaniel, who is actively seeking for the coming of, of the Messiah. And he puts these puzzle pieces together and he makes that connection and he gets it. He gets it. Of course, the uh, Jacob's ladder is a, is a pretty significant uh, image here. Uh, we, that comes from Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. 
Um, the Ignatius Catholic commentary says Jesus puts himself in the center of the vision. Now, you might remember Jacob, right? He, he had this vision of a ladder where the angels could descend and descend uh, upon, uh, upon man. And here Jesus puts himself at the center of the vision, claiming that he is the place where heaven touches down to earth. He is the true house of God, and he is the mediator through whom the angels exercise their ministry. Think about that for a second. But, you know, here's the other thing that I think is very important. How is it that people like Nathaniel, Philip, St. Peter himself, how is it they were so looking for the Messiah in their time? What confidence would they have to, to think that they might see the, the Messiah in their time? And the answer is prophecies. When you go back to the Old Testament and you look at the prophecies, especially in the book of Daniel, you realize there's a timeline. And they knew it. They knew it. They knew the timeline. They knew that in that first century, in their time, the Messiah was expected to come upon the, on the scene. And when he, do, when he does come, he is expected to be the Son of God, which Nathaniel actually acknowledges. Hadock's commentary points this out. It's very important. And why do I bring this up? Because of what we're going to be discussing in the, in the What's Concerning Us segment next, about the decline in faith, not just among Catholics, but even the born-again Christians are leaving in droves. And I, I just keep coming back to this thought. St. Paul tells us about the great apostasy. Before the Antichrist could truly make his center stage appearance, maybe it'll happen at a Super Bowl halftime, who knows. But whenever it does, what has to happen first? The great apostasy. How does one get from zero to the great apostasy? It doesn't happen overnight. It's like water that boils slowly. It's a process. And I, and I say here, if Nathaniel could recognize Christ, we should remind ourselves that we need to recognize Christ, that we need to remind ourselves about what it is uh, that Christ gave to us in his church, his teaching. St. Paul would say to hold on to the traditions that have been handed down to us, either by word uh, of mouth or by letter, to not abandon those, uh, those traditions, to not let go of our faith, but to grasp it tightly in the midst of chaos, confusion, diabolical confusion, I would argue. Nathaniel tells us something very important today. We ought to be on the hunt, the hunt for the Messiah in our hearts, because our Lord sees what is hidden. Amen. Praise be to God. Thank you, verboom.com forward slash GRN for generously giving us the tools to dive in. That's with a V. That's V-E-R-B-U-M.com forward slash uh, GRN. Check it out. It may be a tool that helps you dive deep too, but on the other side of this break, we're going to dive into what's concerning us. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. We are a young and diverse generation, helping those in need and promoting human rights. 
We care for the environment. We embrace authentic witnesses and dream of a better world. Our passion comes from God, who loves us even when we fall and cheers on our victories. If you sometimes wonder, is there something more? Then come and see at catholicscomehome.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is good to be on with you. Coming up at 35 past the hour, uh, Robert Spencer from Jihad Watch is going to be our guest. We're going to be talking about the dreadful consequences of this disaster in Afghanistan. Life under the rule of Taliban. Um, We're going to talk about Islam and Taliban. What to expect. What's uh, really going on. Robert Spencer will be our guest at 35 past the hour. Tune in for that. Uh, there's several stories I'd like to jump into in the What's Concerning Us uh, portion of our program today. Uh, this story blows my mind. I, it's probably because I already knew it was true, but it's reported out of the blaze. The headline goes, over 60% of born-again Christians between 18 and 39 say Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. Muhammad, Buddha, also valid paths to salvation, study finds. The reason why I already knew this was true is because part of my own conversion experience into the Catholic Church, when I asked my wife to marry me, and I was not a Catholic, and, and she said I would have to become Catholic, this question came to my mind at that very moment. And I said to myself, what difference does it make? What difference does it make? All roads lead to heaven. That's what I said. And I'll never forget back in the 80s, no, forgive me, the, the 90s. It was the mid-90s, mid to late 90s. There was a book that blew up and started making the rounds, and everybody was reading it. All of my family started reading it. And it was a near-death experience of a woman who died and had this uh, mystical encounter by going to, to heaven. And she recounts this in her book. But the catch of her story was everybody goes to heaven, even Hitler. And what, so what was the point then? Well, we all learn. We get there. We regret our terrible choices. But that's about it. It's, that's, that's the extent of it. Although the fascinating part about that story, as heretical as it really is, is that she still also had uh, encounters with demons who uh, harassed her uh, at times. I wonder why. <laughs> so anyway, going to this story here at The Blaze. Over 60% of born-again Christians between 18 and 39 say Jesus isn't the only way to heaven. Here's a little bit of the article. A new study has found that over 60% of born-again Christians in America between 18 and 39 believe that Jesus isn't the only way to heaven and that Buddha, Muhammad, and also are also valid paths to salvation, the Christian Post reported. The outlet, citing the results of, a, of Probe Ministries' Religious Views and Practices survey, also said that for those in that age group, over 30% say they either believe that Jesus sinned just like other people or aren't sure. Did you catch that? They not only deny that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, 
uh, his own very words in John's gospel. But now he's also a sinner. Well, I guess he would have to be, because if he makes that statement and it's not true, that would make him a liar, right? We all remember the, the is he a liar, a lunatic, or is he telling the truth? We all remember that, uh, that test. Well, I guess according to this survey, many of these born-again Christians think he's lying to them and therefore had, had sinned. That's kind of crazy. Hey, hold on. Mm. Turn your mic on. Go ahead. Yeah, so I was just going to say that as a 27-year-old, so I fall into that yeah. uh, kind of age group. Um, yeah, I can definitely say that uh, a lot of young uh, millennials uh, within my age group, um, uh, myself, I'm a devout Catholic, love my Catholic faith, but I will say that there is this like kind of movement going on with um, like new age spirituality, new age movement is like really uh, strong right now. Within millennials, um, like uh, talk about like manifesting uh, spirituality of like a higher being, a higher self, and um, and I think that maybe that has a, a part to do with uh, what's going on in mm. the faith of our culture t- or yeah. Christian Christian, and and a lot of Christians are attracted to this uh, philosophy of like manifestation or higher self or like finding oneself in a mm. higher state because it's it's appealing because it uh it, it it kind of personifies this idea like i can become a better version of myself but there is some troubles with the new age movement because new age movement puts more dependence on oneself mm-hmm. versus god um as the creator so that's the dilemma that i see yeah, yeah for sure I, one thing that i wanted to point out and something that i uh, was kind of beat the drum about quite a bit and i always get called a debbie downer for it <laughs> is the uh the whole thing of the fewness of the saved uh port maurice leonard of port maurice wrote a great sermon that he traveled around the world a franciscan yes i know he's not a dominican he was a franciscan one, one more time i know mm-hmm. every now and then you can get we, good franciscans joe can we get that on, uh, a, on a button I'm no we definitely can't that's impossible <laughs> uh but laura uh leonard of port maurice he went traveled around the world preaching about the fewness of the saved and he would talk about how there are so so few people and he's talking about among like church going Catholics, there are very, very few people saved and that we should be uh, trying and striving for our own salvation. Mm. So the, the fewness of the saved, it's a, it's a constant teaching of the church and it is a terrifying thing that we should uh, stand before the mighty God because uh, his judgments are not our judgments. Yeah. Amen. But uh, don't think that uh, we're out of the, 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 you know, the, this is a difficult situation for these born again Christians too, but we're not out of the woods either. Uh, because, of, as we've said many times now, I guess it was, was it 2019, the Pew Research study said uh, as much as, uh, I think it was 70% or 60 plus percent. I think it was percent. 60% of the ones that were in the pews. Yeah, not in just, the pews. Yeah. Do not believe. They deny. Either because they don't know, uh, or they were never taught, or they just outright reject. But either way, they do not believe in the actual presence of Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist as, uh, as the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior. Uh, that is a crisis of faith, and it doesn't take a research genius to go figure out. Just go to the Kara statistics, which are held on Georgetown University's website. You can Google them. You can find them. You can look at them yourself. Download the data. Run the tables. It's easy. I promise you, you should look it up. But when you do, what you will find is over the past 50-plus years, a major decline 
in, uh, in the Catholic faith. People have left in droves. They have not been catechized well. They're re- religious, priestly, parishes closing, baptisms down, marriages down. Everything and every category is down, 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 down. And there is a reason for that. And I think that goes back to what we read in the gospel today from Nathaniel. We need to remind ourselves to be on the hunt every moment of our life for the Messiah in our hearts uh, to remind us of the faith, to embrace the tradition that was handed down, as St. Paul would say. And uh, this, is, uh, this, is, this is a tragic situation. Bad news for all around. Let's go to a different story as we have a few more minutes left in our What's Concerning Us section. Here's one uh, out of the Catholic culture. This is Phil Lawler. We've had him on the program before. We need to have him back. Vaccination and conscience, a challenge to church authority. He says, let's get something straight. A Catholic priest cannot give anyone an exception from a vaccine mandate. Except in those very rare cases, at least I hope they are very rare, when the priest himself imposes the mandate, he has no authority to issue exemptions. What a priest can do is support a request for an exemption by testifying that the request comes from a faithful Catholic who is spurred by the demands of conscience formed by principles of Catholic moral teaching. When he offers that support, the priest is not claiming that the Catholic Church bans vaccination. He is not even necessarily saying that he himself opposes vaccination. He is only saying that this individual, his parishioner presumably, cannot take the vaccine in good conscience. And if vaccination would violate his conscience, then here the teaching of the church is crystal clear. He must not take the vaccine. Did you catch that? Thus, even if many Catholics conclude that they should take the vaccine, a priest could remain, remind public authorities that for his parishioner, who has conscientious objections, a requirement to be vaccinated would be a violation of his freedom to act in accordance with his religious beliefs. Indeed, I would argue, have argued, that a priest would have a moral obligation to support a parishioner's conscientious objections. It is relevant, certainly, that many Catholic moralists have found it possible to endorse vaccination, but issues of conscience are not decided by a majority vote. Did you catch that? It is, not noteworthy, it is noteworthy that prominent bishops, including the Bishop of Rome, have encouraged everyone to be, to be vaccinated, but, but no responsible Catholic moralist has suggested that vaccination should be compulsory. In fact, The closest thing to a definitive Vatican statement on the question, the advisory from the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, explicitly states that COVID vaccination is not, as a rule, a moral obligation, and therefore it must be voluntary. Why do I read this to you? Because the debate is raging on social media, in our friends, our family members, uh, in our parishes, and around. Well, the Pope said this. I mean, I've heard bishops you know, uh, repeat the Pope's words in homilies. And that's all well and good. But you might recall we had um, Ferrara on from the St. Thomas More Society, and he talked about how a religious exemption is not based upon any denomination and their leadership's opinion on the matter. A deeply held religious conviction is not dependent on whether or not the Pope agrees with you or not, or even your pastor agrees with you or not. But here's the kicker. Diocese after diocese now, we're seeing the bishops tell their priests they are forbidden from supporting the parishioners in this regard. Arkansas was one of the most recent ones. I saw. I think, I think I saw that this morning. 
the diocese in Arkansas is saying, nope, you may not help your parishioners with this. Uh, New York is another one. There are, there are many now. And then there are others on the other side of that equation who are saying, of course we will help you. Colorado, for instance. Those bishops in Colorado came out and said, no, we will help. They are still encouraging people to get the vaccine, and yet they recognize that there is a conscientious objection. You know, what gets me about this is, in all the talk of traditionis custodis, and, the, you know, of, of trad Catholics supposedly being uh, schismatic in nature, all of that conversation, how many times have we heard, based on Vatican II, about the right of conscience? To act in regard to one's conscience, to, to act in regard to the uh, uh, informed conscience. Well, where is that now? Where is all that conversation now? Where is that language in this conversation now? It seems to be gone. It seems that nobody wants to talk about that. We could, do, we could have some, so, some sort of uh, conscious uh, objection to the church's teaching on this, that, or the other thing, but when it comes to this, all of a sudden, we're not allowed. Why? Why is that? We should always be able to have a conversation. One should be able to conversate with their doctor, for instance, with their primary care physician, and ask your primary care physician, dear doctor, based on my health issues, is it appropriate for me to be taking these vaccines when these uh, pharmaceutical companies suggest in their literature that there are a certain uh, number of people on planet Earth who ought not to be taking these because of their health concerns? Do I fall into that category? Yes or no? But what if I'm a Catholic who says, well, I take exception because they used aborted fetal tissue in the development of this vaccine, and I want nothing to do with that. Why are we not allowed? That's the question. Why are we not allowed? Why can't we have that conversation? Why aren't we allowed to have a religious objection? I find that utterly fascinating. I find it utterly fascinating. You can find that article linked up at catholicculture.org. Look for Phil Lawler. It's right there. Go check it out. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Janice. And then, of course, Robert Spencer is going to be our guest to talk about the Taliban, Islam, and life under a whole new rule. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Protestants like to charge the Catholic Church with changing the Ten Commandments because it omits the prohibition of making graven images found in Exodus 20. But is this true? No. And here's the reason why. Like Augustine, the Catholic Church sees the prohibition of making graven images as merely an extension of the First Commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. In light of the context, it seems that Augustine was right. For immediately after God prohibits the making of graven images, he says in verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. The prohibition is against idolatry, not the making of images in an absolute sense. So the Catholic Church didn't change the Ten Commandments. And it's not guilty of idolatry and having statues in its places of worship. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. 
They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are your headline news for today. From Church Militant, Jesuit colleges are leading the charge and pressuring students to get vaccinated for COVID. Of the 28 Jesuit universities in the United States, 27 are requiring vaccination for students, and many other Catholic institutions are following suit. The, the, this raises concerns for Catholic students who have who have had to weigh their moral and health concerns against their desire to attend in-person classes this fall. From Catholic National Register, Costa Rican bishop suspends priests for saying Novos Ordo Mass in Latin in Ad Orientum. The Costa Rican Bishop Conference has been one of those that has responded most harshly against the traditional Latin Mass after the publication of Tradiciones Custodes. Crux Now, Italian newspaper claims Vatican in touch with the Taliban over Afghan refugees. Pope Francis is negotiating with, negotiating with the Taliban through Turkey's President Recep Tayyip Erdogan to open humanitarian corridors that would allow the thousands of refugees in Afghanistan to flee safely. From Sunday Visitor, the U.S. Catholic Catholics urged to give the efforts helping Haitians hi, hi, recover from the quake. The president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has asked bishops across the country to take up a voluntary collection to help Haiti recover from a recent pair of natural disasters. And this is all for your headline news for today. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, We are going to have a conversation with uh, Robert Spencer uh, from Jihad Watch. He's got uh, several articles over on his website, jihadwatch.org. And this is a very concerning, but there's also another website that I often look at when it comes to persecution of of the faithful, and that's the Gatestone Institute. And I wonder if you have seen that before. GatestoneInstitute.org is the, is the website. The GatestoneInstitute.org. And there's an article over there that says the dreadful consequences of the Biden disaster in Afghanistan. And uh, I think this cannot be understated enough. I mean, we've, we've seen the withdrawal right before our eyes, and it's not a good one. Now, some people have said, but Joe, Joe, we can't be there forever. And uh, other people say, well, we're in Korea, we're in Germany for 70 plus years, we're in other places. And that's true. I think there are different circumstances involved in those examples. However, I felt like we shouldn't be in Afghanistan forever either. I felt like we should depart. Uh, Ultimately, Afghanistan has to want of, of its own willpower to stand up against the Taliban and have a future for itself. And if it doesn't will that, I don't believe the Americans ought to be the ones constantly fighting that battle for them. However, I think we all agree, Republican or Democrat, left, right, or center, it doesn't really matter. You don't want to see chaos erupt like it has. I mean, who would want that? In what good world would we ever want to see this level of chaos? We don't. But the reality is the tragedy that's going to unfold as a result of this is going to be pretty pretty severe, I would argue. And this Gatestone Institute kind of summarizes this well. I mean, we've handed over now millions and millions of dollars of sophisticated military hardware. And Robert Spencer on his website has a great article called uh, Biometric Data Collected by U.S. Military and Afghan Government Now in the Hands of the Taliban. 
And uh, we want to talk about the Taliban, Islam, and uh, the, what life will be like under the Taliban. And joining us now is Robert Spencer. Good morning to you, Mr. Spencer. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive. And that counts. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Let's, uh, can you give us a summary from your perspective of what, when you watched the, uh, the chaos erupt in this withdrawal debacle, uh, what were you thinking at the time? Well, this was inevitable. I've been predicting that the Taliban was going to take over right away as soon as we left Afghanistan for about 20 years now. And so it didn't surprise me in the slightest degree. I was surprised by the lack of preparation on the part of the American forces. It, I'm not a military man, and it would seem elementary to me that you create a perimeter of your strongest forces, you get everybody else out, and then you get the strong forces out. It's, mm. It doesn't seem that hard. <laughs> and yet none of that was done, and the whole thing has become this incredible fiasco. But the whole uh, Afghanistan misadventure for the last 20 years stems from a great deal of false assumptions and wishful thinking on the part of the United States leadership about Islam and Islamic law. You know, um, one of the, I was just quoting from another article over at the Gatestone Institute, and one of the points they make in their article is that even in the U.K., uh, Germany and other forces are going in and rescuing, or at least attempting to rescue their own people. But the United States doesn't seem interested or capable of going out into the mean streets of, of of Kabul to find its citizens and to bring them into the into the airport. And the reports are that Americans are trying to get to that airport, but they're being accosted by the Taliban. Their passports being removed and and more. Uh, I find that incredibly troubling. What say you, Mr. Spencer? It's even worse than that, as a matter of fact, because the uh, special forces, the British special forces, have been having great success in bringing their people out. And to such, this was going on to such a degree that American commanders actually asked the British to stop because it was embarrassing the United States forces <laughs> that we weren't doing that. And wow. Instead of imitating them and going out and getting our own people. But also the Biden administration has a clear priority for getting Afghans out. And there are at least 2,500 Afghans in the United States now and many more coming. And this is while there are thousands of Americans still in Afghanistan without any way to get out. And so it's clear that the Biden administration has prioritized bringing over these refugees without, mind you, making any serious effort to determine if they're jihad terrorists or have jihadist sympathies or not. You know what's mind-boggling is the, as in the article that you have at your jihadwatch.org website on the biometric data, the Taliban have access to this information now and have found a way to make use of it. Uh, they actually have a hit list. They're going and looking for these targets. They know who they want, and they're, and they're going to look for them. Uh, that should actually uh, concern us quite a bit. It should. But it seems as if the people who are running the uh, American government right now have vastly different priorities. And, of course, uh, a, vast, a vast number of uh, unvetted, undocumented migrants coming in appears to be the highest priority for this administration, probably because they think that it will form a secure voting block to keep them in power for generations to come. Mm. Well, let's talk about the Taliban in particular, especially from an Islamic point of view. Uh, we know that within Islam, there are many uh, you know, tribes or, or, or fractions. Can you maybe give us a description, help us understand how to break it down? Taliban means students, and they are students of Islam. 
They are interested in applying Islamic law in Afghanistan, and they have already established their Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan in order to do that. They believe that they are the exponents of a 1,400-year jihad that is going on all over the world, and they believe that their victory in Afghanistan will be followed up by other jihad victories elsewhere, which, if their historical behavior is any indication, they're likely to aid in. Uh, they will implement Islamic law in Afghanistan, which means the, uh, mis the institutionalized discrimination against women, the institutionalized discrimination against non-Muslims, the collection of the jizya, the special tax on non-Muslims, uh, and various other measures that are at complete variance with the idea of society that prevails in the West. So the there was a uh, post going around on social media. It's uh, what people call a copy pasta. People copy and paste it and send it out to a bunch of people. And this was making rounds of people saying, "Oh, the actually the Taliban is based." Or for people who don't know, that means like the uh, Taliban are actually like super cool, are actually a, a good group. And this was going around. I'm going to read it to you and get your comments on it. Uh, it was saying. To be honest, the Taliban is epic. A bunch of kids cut off from the world, way more radicalized than their parents, grew up completely dominated by an entire country on multiple occasions, using guerrilla warfare against the U.S., backed uh, and backed militias, and they took power in the 90s. Women were banned from having to say anything. Rapists were castrated. Looters and thieves got the, got the wall. TVs were smashed, and degenerate media was banned. The U.S. had to invade in the early 2000s, stay for 20 years, and uh, and as we left, the whole they took over the country in 12 in 12 hours. Uh, see, the, so it's, that, that means they're really cool and amazing because they're able to do that. They're uh, banning, they're capturing rapists. Is all these things true? And uh, or is the, are these good things? Yeah, those things are true, uh, and some of them are good things, but many of them are highly distorted and misleading because there are many other things that are true as well. The Taliban has murdered little girls for the crime of going to school. Uh, they have uh, driven all the ethnic minorities out, the religious minorities, I should say, uh, out of Afghanistan or have subjected them to savage persecution. Just the other day, there were nine Shiite Hazaras a minority group in Afghanistan who were uh, tortured and brutally murdered by Taliban jihadis. And so I can understand why a group like this would appeal to a certain sector in the West, especially since the West has demonized the idea of masculinity, the idea of young men who are strong and go out and fight for what they believe in is very appealing to a lot of people, but we can't lose our moral compass about it. Yeah. And the reality is that this is a brutally savage group that is implementing a law that is frankly evil. Yeah. And they are the embodiment of the words of the prophet Isaiah, woe to those who call good evil mm. and evil good. That, if that's the Taliban in a nutshell. Amen, amen. Hold that thought. Robert Spencer is our guest. Jihadwatch.org is his website. Having a conversation about Afghanistan, life under the Taliban, and on the other side of the break, I want to ask the question, where are those strong men that want to defeat the Taliban and stand up for their, for their people? We'll have that and much more coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, the Catholic Church is just a bunch of rules and regulations and do's and don'ts and it's against freedom? G.K. Chesterton says, Catholic doctrine and discipline may be walls, 
but they are the walls of a playground. Freedom exists only within the rules. The greatest act of freedom is obedience, not disobedience. Breaking the rules never makes us happy and certainly does not make us free. God's rules are for our good, not to restrict us, but to protect us. That is how the truth makes us free. Chesterton says that while the church has established rule and order, the chief aim of that order is to give room for good things to run wild. You want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Robert Spencer is our guest. JihadWatch.org is his website. Talking about the Taliban in Afghanistan, Islam, and life under the, uh, what I'm thinking is going to be the tyranny of the Taliban. You know, that's uh, a point I want to jump into real quick, is uh, it seems like uh, they took over the country so easy, but where were the men that wanted to oppose them? I've, there's a, an Afghan interpreter who's become an American citizen making the rounds on, on uh, mainstream media. And he claims 99% of, of Afghan uh, citizens do not like the Taliban. I find that hard to believe because where are they? Uh, Robert Spencer, do you think that they exist? Do you think that that's a possibility that the Afghan people might stand up against the Taliban? I think that if they could then they would have already. The Taliban is not a new group. They were in charge of Afghanistan back before 9-11. They were toppled because of their role in 9-11, and they maintained themselves within Afghanistan all that time since then, despite the American military presence, because they're popular in Mm. Afghanistan. And that's because they do carry out Islamic law, and the vast majority of people in Afghanistan think that's the divine law, that ought to be implemented in society. So the, the Taliban, I, from what I understand, the Taliban don't have central leadership. Is that the case? Or I've heard they're a little bit more fractured, this group and that group, and they're trying to figure out who's going to be the ultimately in charge of this. Uh, have, do you have any insight on that? Yeah, they're not as centralized as some other groups, certainly, because, as a matter of fact, they're based on Islamic law. And Islamic law, contrary to myth in the West, is a recognizable body of legal precepts that you don't necessarily need some strong leader in order to carry out. People know what it teaches, and if they adhere to it, then they can implement it. Uh, but there's no doubt as, 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 at all that the Taliban is going to choose someone who is the head of state and that that person is going to function in that capacity. Uh, I mentioned this last time we interviewed you, the uh, debate you did with Dr. Peter Kraft on uh, the only good Muslim is a bad Muslim, I think is a great place for people to check out for more information on that. Uh, but w- uh, going on with that point, Sharia law, this is something that's popped up back in the news again. I mean, there's Sharia courts in America today, which is absurd to me. Uh, but the, the thing that's, that's making news is the, uh, the, the Taliban came out saying, oh, well, don't worry, guys. 
we are going to be treating women with respect. They're going to be able to have all the rights that they that they had before as long as they're following Sharia law. Um, so what does that mean? Or should we be celebrating? Is this a great news? Uh, what's what say you? Well, you know, a lot of people did celebrate it because they don't have any idea what Sharia is all about, because there's a whole army of Islamic apologists in the United States today who constantly tell us that Sharia is benign and wholesome and completely compatible with Western secular constitutional law and with other other uh, constructs in legal constructs in the West. But the reality is quite different. Uh, for example, the Quran says that if you have a woman from whom you fear disobedience, she doesn't have to even be disobedient. You're just afraid she might be, then you can beat her. This is in the Quran. This is part of Sharia. The Quran also says that you can take infidel women and make them into sex slaves as the spoils of war. The Taliban has already started to do that mm. and called upon its, its uh, members to go and seize any girl they want over the age of 12. Wow. Now, this is something that's in the Quran, the captives of the right hand who are the spoils of war. This is not something that is extremist Islam or hijacked Islam. It's mainstream Islamic law. And so when we talk about Sharia, that's the kind of thing we're talking about. What would happen if I defended my daughters against such thugs? Well, they would kill you. Uh, maybe you would be able to... to, to uh, resist them to some degree, but you're talking about 10, 15 guys coming into your house and seizing your daughter, and you're one man. And so it might be a fight, but the odds would be against you. Wow. That makes my gut wrench, just thinking about that as a father. It just really, really uh, disturbs me in, in quite a big way. Uh, so how fractured are the Taliban when it comes to Sunni versus Shia? I mean, is there a conflict there as we've seen in other uh, Middle Eastern countries? No, the Taliban is a Sunni group. They're uh, out of the Deobandi school in India, and they are vehemently hostile to Shiites and to Shiite Islam in general. The Hazaras that I mentioned before are Shiites, and that's one of the reasons why the Taliban likes to prey upon them and kill them when possible. And that, that brings up a great uh, point. The, the Taliban people will say, well, you know, really the issue is just the Taliban. If we just get rid of the Taliban, then everything will be fine in the Middle East. Um, and the same thing was said about al-Qaeda and the same similar ideas. So is the problem just the Taliban or is it with uh, Islam itself? It's with Islam itself. This is why the Taliban may be unpopular to a tremendous degree in Afghanistan, but still they're in power. Because if people don't like the Taliban, they still love Sharia. And the Taliban implements Sharia. This wrongfoots any opposition to the Taliban because people can say, well, you say you hate the Taliban, but they're implementing the law of Allah. And how could you be against the law of Allah? And so there's great support for Sharia all over the Islamic world. That's why groups like the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS flourish, because contrary to myth in the West, they implement Islamic law scrupulously. I have a question about the American Islamic law evangelist that you mentioned earlier. Uh, how prominent are they here in the U.S. and what has their response been to um, this whole uh, situation? They're extremely prominent here in the U.S. There are many people I could name, but really it's, it's a general thing. Whenever the establishment media talks about Islam, whenever there's a story regarding Islam and particularly Islamic law, then they bring out 
some professor or some uh, scholar of Islamic law who has all the credentials and looks completely trustworthy and tells you that Islam is a religion of peace that has nothing whatsoever to do with terrorism and that Islamic law is completely benign. This is a constant thing. Just yesterday, as a matter of fact, I wrote an article refuting a piece that I believe is in USA Today, if I recall correctly, but any, it, it could have been anywhere, uh, saying that the Taliban is not Islam. And you have to understand that true Islam would be against the Taliban. Now this is completely false. When you look at what the Taliban do, everything they do is completely in line with Islamic law. But this kind of article is banking on the ignorance of American non-Muslims about Islam and Islamic law and is depending on that ignorance in order to give a false impression about Islam and foster complacency in the face of a genuine threat. You know, the one thing uh, that's not making news right now because it's part of pop culture and me and my buddies were talking about this on Reddit and on TikTok. There is a movement right now called Bewitch the Taliban, where a bunch of of uh, alleged witches and uh, Wiccans are trying to hex Allah and the Taliban. And these people who are alleged witches are coming back saying, oh, my goodness, I, the uh, the uh, Allah started attacking me. He's really powerful. And I came back wounded. And the thing that we thought was interesting, where we were thinking about a house divided against itself, and uh, how how could this be of God if this is uh, if they're getting this strange reaction when they're doing this, when these alleged witches are doing this? Uh, is it true that we uh, that Muslims and uh, and Christians worship the same God? It's absolutely categorically false and misleading. I have spoken to so many groups where people say, oh, but we all worship the same God, and they think that this somehow means that we must not stand up against the evils of groups such as the Taliban. And this is why this is such a dangerous idea. Allah, the God of Islam, for example, in chapter 32, verse 13 of the Quran says, I could have guided all men to the truth, but instead I will fill hell with jinns and men. Now, think about that compared to God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, which we read in the New Testament, that the God actually in the Quran wants people to, to burn in hell and so arbitrarily fills hell with them when he could have given them the truth. Now, that is, that's evil. That's demonic. There's no two ways about that. Robert there are many, Spencer, many, many other examples of that. Robert Spencer's I guess jihadwatch.org is his website. I want to turn to talking about the connection between the Taliban and China. You know, we have about uh, three minutes left in our conversation. Uh, I found this, again, very troubling to see the Taliban visiting uh, the CCP. Now, especially knowing that they have millions and millions and millions of dollars of hardware, military hardware and intelligence uh, left behind from our, our forces. How do, how do you see this connection? Yeah, they've already reached out to China, and uh, it looks likely that China is going to recognize the Taliban regime in Afghanistan. Uh, this is despite the fact that China is uh, viciously persecuting the Uyghur Muslims. The Afghan uh, Taliban told them they would not aid the Uyghurs against China. Now, this also is in accord with Islamic law. It might seem like a betrayal of their fellow jihadis, but in reality, the Islamic law dictates that you do not fight a foe that has more than twice your strength and you have no chance of defeating. So mm. they fought the United States because they saw how we were societally weak and culturally weak, and they saw that we could be defeated. But they don't believe they can beat China. And so they're making accords with China. And this is extremely ominous because it may end up 
meaning that China will have a sphere of influence extending through Afghanistan into Pakistan and will menace India very soon as a result of that. Do you think the Biden administration will uh, keep the troops past August 31st? And do you think the Biden administration will consider uh, bombing our military assets over there? I think that the Biden administration is very likely to keep a presence in Afghanistan after August 31st, and that the longer they stay, the longer the catastrophe will will continue. Uh, and uh, he may end up uh, bombing our military assets, but uh, it's go- he, it, it, it looks as if they are determined to make this as slow and painful and self-defeating a process as they possibly can. I'm con- I'm concerned that some of that military hardware will end up in the hands of China, who will de-engineer, reverse engineer our drone technology, for instance, or other other assets. And golly gee whiz, how that might harm us in the long run. Well, last question, about 60 seconds. Do you think China will invade Taiwan now with being emboldened from this Afghan experience? Yeah, the Chinese have already said that. They've already put Taiwan on warning that uh, the Americans obviously will not help them. In the case of an invasion, and their defenses would collapse within hours. All right. And so I think we're going to be seeing that soon. That's bad news, but uh, let's pray. Uh, Robert Spencer from jihadwatch.org, thank you for your time. We're grateful to you. Thank you. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for the first hour of Catholic Drive Time. If you can tune in in the next hour, we would love to have you. You can do so right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good news is coming up next. Fear and trembling game shows coming up next and a lot more Catholic Drive Time at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible says to call no man father. So why do we call our priests father? In Matthew 23, verse 9, it says, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Notice that this verse makes no distinction between spiritual fathers, which is what priests are, and biological fathers. This passage says that no man is to be called father. Therefore, you cannot distinguish between calling a priest father and calling the man who is married to your mother father. But is that actually what this passage is saying? Or is Jesus warning us against trying to usurp the fatherhood of God, which is what the Pharisees and scribes were doing? They wanted all attention focused on them. They were leaving God, the Father, out of the equation. And even if you just interpret this passage from Matthew 23 as an absolute ban against calling anyone your spiritual father, then there are some problems for you in the rest of Scripture. For example, Jesus in the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16 has the rich man referring to Abraham as father several times. Paul in Romans 4 refers to Abraham as the father of the uncircumcised, the Gentiles. Spiritual fatherhood, not biological fatherhood. In Acts 7 and then in Acts 22, first Stephen and then Paul referred to the Jewish priests and elders as brothers and fathers. Spiritual fatherhood. So if you interpret Matthew 23 as saying we cannot call anyone our spiritual father, then you have to believe that Jesus, Paul, and Stephen all got it wrong. 
It is okay to call priests our spiritual fathers today. We are simply imitating the example given us by Jesus, Paul, and Stephen, all of whom who used the term in a spiritual sense. As long as we remember that our true father is God the Father and that all aspects of our fatherhood, biological and spiritual, are derived from him. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Uh, we just wrapped up a great conversation with Robert Spencer from jihadwatch.org about the situation in Afghanistan. Life under the rule of Taliban is not looking good. It's not looking good. We'll be posting that conversation uh, later today on YouTube and Rumble. And I guess we're on Odyssey as well now, praise be to God. You can find all the links to our social sites and even watch past content right on our website, by the way, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But in this hour, it's all good news. We we save all the uh, the harder stuff, the intense stuff for the first hour. Second hour is all upbeat. Speaking of which, Janice is here. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Day two. How how you yes. feeling? Feeling good. Yeah, just my my sleep um, pattern hasn't caught up yet. <laughs> well, hopefully, listen rest tonight, and you'll be re- refreshed yeah. and ready to go for for Wednesday uh, midweek. You'll have that midweek energy boost. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God. Yes, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. God is, it's hard, isn't it, to uh, to get up early, to get your sort of life wrapped around that. It's not an easy thing. It took us a while, too, when we first started. Yeah, yeah. Took definitely. Us? Took us. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Adrian's still working on it. Yeah, I'm still working on that. <laughs> I'm, I'm still on like His, five hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so difficult for you, Adrian. You actually decided to move next door. Yep. That's yep, insane. Yep. And, uh, and, and yet... What did I do? I but know. still get five hours of sleep. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no good. matter what. Well, when you become uh, old like me, you won't be doing that anymore. Uh, You'd be like, I won't ah. ever. I'm, I actually can't get yeah, old. I'm say, not going to be they old. They say the older you get, the less sleep you need. They really? also say that youth is wasted on the young. Um, mm-hmm. they, what does that mean? <laughs> when you get to be my age, you'll know. I'm just saying. Just I'm using my youth just fine, waking up, sleeping five hours a day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. All it's right, great. Well, praise be to God. We're going to have a good hour this hour. Uh, good news stories coming. So uh, that's coming up next. And then we're going to have a saint of the day. We're going to have uh, the gospel of the day, a little reflection. Thanks to verboom.com forward slash GRN. That's with a V. V-E-R-B-U-M dot com forward slash GRN for giving us the tools to dive deep on the gospel. And then, of course, we will play Fear and Trembling. And 
This week we have a great sponsor, Sanctus Company is giving us a a flag, a Catholic flag to give away, and uh, praise be to God for that. You can find them lo- up at uh, sanctus.com, that's S-A-N-C-T-U-S-C-O.com, sanctusco.com. And uh, we'll be doing that in about, I don't know, 15 past the hour. So if you would like to be the contestant, possibly winning this cool prize, well, you got to be our first caller when I give out the phone number. But if you want to give yourself an advantage, all you got to do is go to our website and go to the Fear and Trembling Game Show, and it gives you the rules. It tells you how the game is played. It also gives you the phone number. You could call in early and sit on hold. It's up to you if you want to do that. You can find that linked up at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. And I'm looking at the the questions right now, and I'm thinking this is all easy question Tuesday. That's, that's what I'm thinking. So it could be a great day to play the game, possibly win the prize. But uh, that's what we're doing in this first half of the hour. The second half of the hour, we are, of course, doing our after show where we hang out with you on our live video feed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and our website live right there. Paul's over there from Buffalo right now. How are you doing, Paul? Praise God. It's good to see you. And uh, you get to drive the conversation. So whatever is on your heart, your mind, whatever you want to talk about, uh, yesterday, we discovered the uh, the harsh reality that Janice has never watched uh, Star Wars. <laughs> and then it got worse from there. She had never watched Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and then The Hobbit. And then the, the icing on the cake was she had never even seen Braveheart. And I'm like, I, I have to remember these questions during the interview process. I can't believe I missed that. But um, yes, anyway. I, we, we discovered I was living under a rock. <laughs> uh, seriously. Like, Wow. And I know we tease, we tease. All right, but uh, so the conversation can go anywhere you like. You get to drive it in the after show. We'll be conversating with you. So that's the show. That's the hour. Hopefully you can join us for all or part of that. Don't forget, subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. That helps us to be discovered by new people. Uh, and we would be grateful for your help in that. You can, again, find the links over on our website. But you can go to I- iTunes or Spotify or Google Play Store or wherever you find your uh, podcasts. Or just download the Guadalupe Radio Network app. You can listen live and get the podcast right on our app in your iOS or Android store. Let's dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines with Janice. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janice Valenzuela, and here are the uh, happy, happier headlines for today. Uh, from EWTN News, EWTN celebrates 40 years this year. Witness to Providence, the charism of Mother Angelica remains the hallmark of EWTN's 40-year tenure of serving the church and its people. From U.S. Catholic, young people are leading a new approach to campus ministry. Pope Francis called young adults to become protagonists of change. We need their leadership in the church. With the right strategies and resources, the church can engage college students and strengthen a sense of Catholic identity at both the personal and collective levels. Small faith communities can play an important role, particularly in creating welcoming spaces to meet students where they are at. 
From Sunday Visitor, the U.S. Catholic bishops have urged to give efforts to helping residents of Haiti to recover from a recent earthquake. The president of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops has asked bishops across the country to take up a voluntary collection to help Haiti recover from a recent pair of natural disasters. Saying that the people of Haiti are likely to experience a continuing hardship from August 4th's earthquake and tropical storm that swept through the, the ravaged southwestern part of the country days later. Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles made the request in a letter to the bishops. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good have a good Tuesday. The saint of the day is Saint Bartholomew the the Apostle. He was born in Galilee. He was one of the twelve apostles and probably a close friend of Saint Philip. Bartholomew's name is always mentioned in the gospel in a in connection with Philip, as we see in the gospel today. Hmm, illusion maybe. And it was Philip who brought Bartholomew to Jesus. He may have written a gospel which is now lost, and it is mentioned in other writings of the time uh, that he may have preached in Asia Minor, Ethiopia, India, Armenia, and someone must have wrote there, uh, went there, and they left behind assorted writings. And local tradition says that it was Bartholomew. He was a martyr, but he was martyred by being flayed alive at Alba. Albanpolis, Armenia, and uh, you can see these statues of of St. Bartholomew holding his skin in his hands. It's pretty epic. You can see his relics at the Bartholomew on the Tiber Church in Rome, Italy, and in the cathedral in Canterbury, England. St. Bartholomew the Apostle, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1, verses 45 through 51. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. And Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen. Amen, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine uh, would point out allegorically, the shade of the fig tree is the shadow of sin and death. Nathaniel is the church who is known in advance by the mercy of God cleansed of all guilt and impurity, and summoned by the apostles to come forth from darkness, to live in the light. And as I said the last hour, Nathaniel, he was actively seeking for the Messiah. And our Lord read his heart and knew that, and look what it triggered him. Let it trigger that in us today. Let us be actively looking for the Messiah in our heart. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, this is super cool. I learned a lot today about from Cornelius Lapide. He has so much to say about this passage. So I highly recommend going and checking out Cornel, Cornelius Lapide's commentary on this passage. But 
Real quickly, a couple things. Nathaniel, who is Nathaniel? So Cornelius Lapide goes into this topic and says, well, one thing that needs to be noted is, what is the name Nathaniel? What, is, what does his name mean? And so he goes through this. He says that his name means gift of God or God gave or given by God. And so this is a direct allusion to the what happens to him. So what happens to Nathaniel? He is given by God by who? Well, we see that the connection here is through Philip. And I mentioned during the saint of the day that Bartholomew is often associated with Philip. Every time Bartholomew appears, he appears with Philip. And so that's assumed that they are friends. They know each other. They're good friends. So Cornisa Lapide says, according to some of the fathers, that, the, that Nathaniel is actually Bartholomew. And how does he make that connection? He says, Bartholomew and you think the name Bartholomew, who is Bartholomew? Well, Bartholomew, he said, uh, is it means the son of Ptolemiah. And so that means that he signifies that he is, that's a title rather than his actual name. And that his given name was, would actually be, or rather his proper name seems to have been Nathaniel. Now he says, we don't know this for certain because Augustine disagrees with this view. Augustine says that no, actually Bartholomew is not Nathaniel. Instead, Bartholomew uh, rather, Nathaniel is instead one of the 70 disciples of the Lord. And so that there's a slight dif- difference there. One of the other things that I found interesting was when he goes over and talks about the fig tree. What is the fig tree? Now, this is a very symbolic. Uh, the fig tree pops up throughout scripture many, many times. What is the first time we see this? Well, we see it with Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, what happens? They cover themselves in the figs and, and fig leaves. And what ha- what are fig leaves? They're uncomfortable. They're itchy. They're not very good. That's why our Lord kills an animal and clothes them and clothes them with an animal skin. So it's very important. So mystically, St. Gregory says that under the fig tree symbolizes beneath the shadow of the law. I saw thee that I might transfer thee to the vine of my gospel. Now, this is interesting using the word transfer there because this is a debated topic in theology about the transfer theory of the law to the gospel of whether or not uh, people, we see this in Paul, that we are no longer bound by the law. Instead, we have the gospel that we are justified in. Hey, what's the other thing? Tropologically, which uh, Cornelius Lapide goes into, he says that Christ is looking at thee, beholding thy thoughts and desires, and that the and that the Nathaniel, when he was sitting here, What he was doing under the fig tree is hiding from God. He's hiding his sins. It was symbolic of him holding on to his sin and not wanting it to be seen because he feared that that his sin would be known. And so he also saw that, that this connection with God and Adam being under the fig tree after eating the forbidden fruit. This is very important as well. So the other thing that he notes is that St. John the Baptist knew, he knew that Jesus was God. He said he is the son of God. But when Nathaniel said it, Nathaniel did not have a full vision of who it was. So he thought he's a son of God in a analogous way. So he was greater than all the fathers, all the prophets, all the patriarchs, that this Jesus character was someone greater, but he did not have a full view. And that's why our Lord says, you will see heaven opened up. You'll see greater things than this. He's talking about his passion and death. And then the revelation of who he truly is as a king and Lord of Israel and of the whole universe of heaven and of the angels. Yay and amen. Praise be to God. It's time to play the, the game, though. Fear and trembling. Prizes are at stake and you could win the prize. All you need to do right now, dear listener, is be our first caller at 877-757-9424. Call right now. 
877-757-9424. All Easy Question Tuesday at 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Time to play the game. It's coming up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2, 10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and don't share with anybody what I'm about to tell you. Keep this just between us. But there are a few things we like to do on the uh, Trivia Game Show. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we find teachable moments in the questions and you may learn something you did not know before and praise be to God, right? And then, of course, we like to have a good time, and our listeners are amazing. They laugh with us. Uh, sometimes, I suppose, they cry with us, but mostly they just laugh with us, and we like the fact that they're great sports about it, and uh, that's always fun. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're new here, you're just joining us, and you're like, what in the... Okay, here's the deal. I have three Catholic trivia questions. These are official trivia questions. But here's the kicker. I do not ask our caller these questions, so they don't need to know the answers to win the game. They could know nothing and still win the prize. Praise be to God. Uh, Instead, I will ask Janice and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. 
The caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Who do they trust more, Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. So the prize this week is generously donated and sponsored by Sanctus Company, a Catholic apparel company that also makes flags, praise be to God. In fact, uh, the one we're giving away is the, the sort of the, the Vatican uh, uh, icon, the iconic uh, triple tiara with the keys, crossed keys, that. That's the flag that's being given away this week. Uh, but I'm really digging on some of these other designs, like the miraculous metal flag or the uh, Cairo flag. Uh, oof, I love those. I may have to pick one of those up. But somebody this week is going to win this incredible flag, thanks to Sanctus Company. We're very grateful for their sponsorship. That's SanctusCo.com. S-A-N-C-T-U-S. CO.com is their website. So thank you very much for your generous sponsorship. If you tried to call in today and you do not get on the game show, well, tomorrow is a new opportunity. Call early and you might have your chance, but let's go to the phones. Kim, Tony, Victoria, good morning to you. Good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voices. How are you? We are doing great. How are you? Praise be to God. I am alive and that counts. <laughs> Now, you guys are in the uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex area, is that correct? That's right. Wonderful. And remind us again, where do you go to church? We go to. We actually live in Rowlett, so we go to Sacred Heart, but we're on our way to Notre Dame School of Dallas, where Tony and Victoria go to school. How wonderful. Tony and Victoria, are you happy to be back in, in school? Yes, great. <laughs> well, that's good. I I miss like that uh, that feeling of going back to the to class for the first time after a summer break. That's always a fun fun time. But uh, are you guys you guys know the rules now? Here's the kicker, though. The last time you were on, we had a we had a, a different teammate. So things have changed. We have a new teammate now. Janice is on the crew, and uh, so we don't yet know how tricky she is. She could be tricky. She might not be. You got to be careful. But we all know the truth about Adrian, don't we? What truth? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> I have no idea what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Okay. Are you guys ready to play? We're ready. I get a careful ear. Here, here we go. Janice, we will start with you, as is our custom. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I'm positive. Are you sure? <laughs> Yes, 100%. Janice, can you tell me what term refers to the writers and bishops of the early Christian countries who were close to the original apostles? What do we call that group of writers mm, and bishops, fathers, what, priests? What, what do we call those people? So I would think that someone that's close to the original apostles... Mm-hmm would be like a helper so what oh, comes to my mind is a like a deacon a, okay a deacon that yeah so yeah a deacon Ooh, i think that's all of them wow huh because they're they're helpers of the apostles which is like the priest you know got, got it so. okay okay so what's your official answer deacons De- deacons yeah. the, oh wow okay let's just get a second opinion here adrian can you tell me what term refers to the writers and bishops of early Christian countries who were close to the original apostles. What do we call that group? Huh. You know, deacons is a really good answer. I I think I'm going to go with uh, the fathers of the church. Fathers? Mm-hmm. So it was like a war between deacons and fathers. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> huh. 
can this be settled through arm wrestling or rock, paper, scissors, maybe? I think, I think it's going to have to be settled with theological debate. Okay, here we go. So uh, here's the deal, Kim, Tony, and Victoria. Adrian says the answer is fathers of the church, whereas Janice thinks it's the, uh, the, the deacons uh, of the church. Who's right? Who's wrong? 15 seconds on the clock. What say you, Kim, Tony, and Victoria? What do y'all think? I think it's Adrian. I think we all think it's Adrian. Wow. Wow. What confidence. (laughs) And that confidence paid off. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that we should be publicly admitting that Adrian is right, though. I mean, (laughs) I think it should be done several times a day. (laughs) I need constant affirmation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations. You are, in fact, correct. It is the fathers of the church that is the correct answer. Well done. Well done. I have a particular love for the fathers of the church, especially second century fathers. I love them in particular. So, well done. You are in the coffee cup of divine providence. You might win the flag. Praise be to God. That'd be a lot of fun, wouldn't it? Great, yes. Let's see if we can't double your chances, though. I, this this is an easy question, this next one. So Uh-oh. should be no trickiness involved, but let's just see how it goes. Uh, questions are always, easy questions are always hard. Adrian, can you tell me, where are the holy souls placed after they die? Holy ah. souls. Holy placed souls. Yeah, where do they go? After physical death. Where do they go? Hmm. hmm. Well... They're, I'm going to go with, they go to purgatory. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Holy souls. Holy souls. Okay. Okay. Uh, Janice, can you tell me, where do the holy souls go after they die? So my grandma would always tell me that uh, holy souls that needed to be saved would go to limbo. Mm-hmm. Because she, she would pray for the souls in limbo, she really? told me. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that's your answer, limbo? Limbo. Whew. Wow. Okay. So here's the deal, Kim, Tony, and Victoria. Uh, Janice says the answer is limbo, whereas Adrian says the answer is purgatory. Yikes. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Kim, Tony, and Victoria, what say you? Denise Adrian again. Well, I think we're going to have to pray for Janice's grandma and we'll say Adrian. <laughs> oh, 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 wow. Shots fired. <laughs> Poor grandma. <laughs> Scorched earth policy. I love that. That's, that's, that's awesome. Praise be to God. Well, you are right. It is, in fact, perfect. that was a tricky answer, Limbo. Janice, you see that? The truth comes out. Janice is using the tricky answers because that's very similarly related, I would argue. Mm-hmm. Limbo and purgatory. And holy souls as a very tricky, tricky I, the language. The last time my we mom used this question, the person got it wrong. Yes. Because the oh. holy souls it's, threw it's, them. Mm-hmm. They thought they go to heaven. Holy souls must go to heaven. Right. Oh. But in fact, yeah. the answer is purgatory. Mm-hmm. It's sanctified souls in, or in heaven. Yep, yep, mm-hmm. yep. All right, you're in for two. Congratulations. You didn't fall for the curveball. You didn't swing. Praise be to Jesus. And now you have uh, t- uh, double the chance. But we might be able to triple it. Let's just see. I, this could be the trickiest question out of all three. We're going to go back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me? What term refers to books that were considered for inclusion in the Bible, but are of doubtful authenticity or have certain falsity? What do we call those books? Hmm. So as I mentioned yesterday, I... I, I did a year of biblical theology studies mm-hmm. uh, in grad school, and um, my biblical 
uh, professors, I think, would be proud uh, of me saying apocrypha. Really? Yeah, because I, oh, I do fancy, recall... fancy term. Yeah, it's a technical graduate school level term. You have to pay thousands of dollars to, <laughs> to just to earn the right to say that word. Yeah. Apocrypha. Amazing. Okay. Uh-huh. Well, let's just see what uh, Double Major Fonseca has to say about all of this. Uh, Adrian, can you tell me, can you give me the term that refers to books considered for inclusion in the Bible mm-hmm. that are of doubtful authenticity mm-hmm. or have certain falsities? An example, by the way, might be the Gospel of James. Mm-hmm. What do we mm-hmm. call those books? Yes, I am ashamed to see here that Janice's professors don't know the correct answer to this question. <laughs> really? The answer is wow. deuterocanonical. Deuterocanonical. You guys, with all your Greek fanciness. Yeah, uh, deuterocanonical meaning canonical. second canon. Second canon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Mary Magdalene might fall into this. Yeah, Judas maybe. might possible. fall into this. Yeah, the Gospel of Thomas, maybe. Gospel I don't know. Thomas. Proto-Evangelium of James. Yeah. I don't know. Wow, okay. Here we go. Uh, Kim, Tony, and Victoria, here's the deal. Adrian says it's the Deuterocanonical books, but Janice says it's the Apocrypha. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? What say you? Ooh, I think it's going to be 18 again. All right, Tony's back there saying Adrian, so we'll go with Adrian. Are, are you sure? Uh-oh. Oh! <laughs> got him! Yeah. Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> he got ya. I'm see. We all we said it. We we know we was tricky. We said that to the, at the beginning. I'm sorry, but Janice yep, Janice was right it. this time. It is the apocrypha. But don't go anywhere. You're in for two. Praise be to God. We're gonna get your uh, phone number to make sure we have everything in case it be God's will that your name comes out of the cup. But God bless you. God love you, and have a great day. Thank you. Y'all too. Bye bye. Hold on. That is going to do it for the radio side of the show. That was fun. They're a good time. We always love hearing from them. But if you can join us in the after show, we would surely love to have you. You can do so right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Tomorrow we're going to talk about your finances, usury, Catholic investing. Money is the conversation on tomorrow's show. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual about the conversation. We talk about whatever is on your heart, your mind, whatever you want to discuss, we are open to. All you need to do is comment and let us know where you're from. And if you're a first-time commenter, well, you get extra love lavished upon you, of course. Um, And it's good to be back into uh, the studio. I feel like I'm starting to get back into the routine, taking four days off. And then going into a weekend, whew, man, uh, in some ways it's like starting all over again. But uh, it's good to be back, and you guys know the routine. Sean, good morning to you. Praise, I, you're, you're alive, Sean. I'm just, I give God praise. 
I, I was not sure. I haven't heard from you in forever, and we were not sure how, how you fared through your sickness, but apparently you are alive still. Praise be to God for it. Welcome to the show again, Sean. Joaquin, good morning. Praise be to God. Patty, of course, our friend, always a good Catholic or a CDT insider, Catholic Drive Time insider. Uh, Gloria, praise be to Jesus. Uh, good to see you, Glory. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Lori, it's good to see Lori. Also, uh, Sonia Morales, praise be to God. Buddy, canine, good morning. Good morning. And who's on uh, YouTube this morning? So many. Uh, Jeff Burrier is on. I assume that his kids are probably in school at this point, but if not, then good morning to the Burrier family. 93 is on. Carlos, I think Carlos is a new uh, commenter. He says, uh, saludos, Joe. Good morning. So I think so he, I do think, you do? Praise I be to God. I think that means he gets a hallelujah. Yay and amen. Because he's a first-time commenter, if I'm yes. not mistaken. If you're not, if you're not a first-time commenter, I apologize. You get the hallelujah anyway. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but let me know. Uh, Monica <laughs> says God. good morning, everyone. And let's see, Kathy uh, Cog Cogliano is on with us. Good morning. Uh, Mary is on. Mike K is on. Christopher Velasquez. Uh, is on and Eric is on. I believe it got everybody. If not, oh, and Tammy. Good morning, Tammy. Good morning. Uh, Jeff says first day of school for Dominic today. Uh, congratulations, Dominic. We'll be praying for you. Yeah, uh, praise be to God. Ninety three. Uh, good morning. Praise be to God. Jonah, Sienna, and Genevieve started school last week. Awesome. Praise how, be to God. How many inches of snow do you have? Ninety three. Uh, at this time of year, I'm just curious. I mean, you are from like the deep north, right? I mean, like. Way up north Canada. It's probably, what, two, three feet of snow by now? I'm just curious. Let us know what the weather's like up there. Uh, Sonia says, wow, Adrian. Yeah, I think she's referring to... Uh, the cutthroat. The, uh, yeah. You know. I, <laughs> that was... A, that was I figured they got two already. Let's make the third one harder. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. It was a... Uh, it Duro was a... Uh, canonical. But we didn't have enough time to do a teachable you, moment. No, apparently not. <laughs> Ran out of time. <laughs> the teachable moment was very clear. Adrian is out to get you. Yeah, well, it'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that. It'd be sometimes. like that sometimes. <laughs> but uh, now, the Deuterocanonical is the uh, books that Martin Luther took out of the scripture, and and, and who was the one who gave them the, that title? Who's the one that gave them the Deuterocanonical? Yeah, who who's the one who classified them that way? Well, Saint I don't think we know, Jerome. but Jer- well, I think it existed before Jerome. Saint uh, Jerome. But Jerome is where people uh, thanks people who track Jerome. it. Jerome actually You're the best, dude. did not believe the Deuterocanonical should be part of the scriptures um but he did it out of obedience he, he put them in the vulgate out of obedience because he said the earliest uh, according to what he knew at the time the earliest manuscripts in hebrew did not have the deuterocanonical included and because of that he did he excluded them uh personally and he let a footnote there saying these don't belong here but because out of obedience to the roman pontiff he put them in anyways uh we find out later and only only in like the last like 40 years to be honest that there are actually early manuscripts that are earlier than yeah. the greek ones that we have oh, yeah. that have the deuterocanonical in the hebrew so Absolutely. it's not really proper to call them deuterocanonical anymore they're right. just scripture but until recently we had no idea and we just kept it in because of the tradition of the church said so and now yeah. we have uh archaeological proof that it belongs there yeah yeah absolutely 
There's a lot of uh, pretty amazing. Th- that always upset me though that Jay Jerome kept using that classification. It's like, yeah. thanks, buddy, because Martin Luther was like, well, but it's good enough for Jerome. It's I, good enough for us. See, Martin Luther would have done it anyways. Of he, course he would. Yeah, that, he was that, just that trying to find. Mean we help him. Uh, yeah, he was just trying to find <laughs> an excuse. It doesn't mean we make it easier for yeah. him just because he was going to do it. Good grief. Killing me. We ought to do a whole show on Martin Luther. We should. That'd be good. He, we, I, uh, there, there was a great Every documentary. Every single that movie him. that comes out about Martin Luther always paints him in the. In a no, good no, there light. was there's a great Polish documentary that they made about Martin Luther. It's excellent. It was it was the most accurate version of Martin Luther's life I've ever seen, and it was. Um, I'm trying to remember where I saw it at. I gotta go find it, but it was, it's so good. I have to go find it and let you know because um, you'll like it, Joe. It's it's really good. And uh, but he I'm talking really like portrays like it well. Live action drama movies, like every single one, they make Martin Luther look like a hero. How many live action Martin Luther? A films? ton, unfortunately. Like unlike you, I don't I don't watch Pro- Protestant propaganda, man. College, you is it's I don't watch it either because it makes my stomach turn. But like, God, it's such revisionist history. It's it's and then when Catholics go well, hold on, that's not what happened. We get painted to be like conspiratorial, crazy people. Yeah, it's like the whole uh, my you know our our friend, the guy who came on, the Jewish Catholic. He when he was on, he, he <laughs> I was messaging him uh, the other day, and he was telling me uh, he's like, yeah, people keep accusing me of uh, being a Jesuit conspiracy uh, conspiracy or something like that. I'm being part of the Jesuit conspiracy. What? And hold, hold on, are you saying he's not? No, what? definitely not. And he was like, "Well, I better stop spreading those <laughs> tweets." Then it was really funny because he goes, "Dude, I, I haven't, I haven't never met a Jesuit before. I don't know anything about the Jesuits, to be honest." And I was like, "Dude, you don't know anything about the Jesuits?" So I just tell me and him talked about the history of the Jesuits, um, and he's like, "Yeah, the only thing I knew about them is that they used to be good and they're not so good anymore." <laughs> uh, and I was they like, used "Yeah, to be amazing. Fair enough. Fair enough. They weren't just good; <laughs> they were amazing. Yeah, they were pretty much like the uh, the." Uh, Green Berets of the of the uh, Catholic Church. Isaac Jogues? Well, isn't the conspiracy that they've been infiltrated from uh, the inside? Well, well, depends on who you read, yeah. I guess. <laughs> uh, what's his name um, in his book, The Malachi Jesuits? Martin. Malachi Martin. In the first half of his book, The Jesuits, who he was a Jesuit. So uh, that first half of that book, man, it's, uh, it's a hammer blow, that's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty... The... Um, I, I I've stopped. Uh, there was this there was a tweet going around that just cracked me up, and I and I like it a lot. He's they were saying, um, you know, we we should really stop calling it conspiracy theories and call it spoiler alerts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's like I need co- new conspiracy theories. All of them keep turning out to be true. <laughs> I, we, we need to get the uh, the. Uh, I'm gonna put a shelf back here behind me. With ten- Tinfoil hats on it. So put a little mood light on it. The Jesuits. Yeah, the Jesuits. Are they actually aliens? I'm just wondering. I'm just wow. asking the questions. My I'm mind just asking. is blown. You've opened up a whole new uh, can of worms there. Astronaut, scientist, archaeologist say maybe. <laughs> That's great. I love that sound effect. Uh, that was great. <laughs> do you know what it's from? Uh, yes. Okay. From is uh-huh. it from like ET? Uh-huh. No. Or... <laughs> oh, what is that? We need the we need the we need the buzzer. What is going on? <laughs> Okay, add that to the homework list. X Files. Yeah. You watched the X Files, right? No, I've never heard of that. How old were you when they came out? I was born in '93. You've never heard of the X Files? Mm Mm-mm. 
What rock exactly <laughs> do you live under? <laughs> uh, X Files came out in 1993. I grew up in a, um, a Mexican American home. They watch where... X Files in Mexican America. <laughs> and Mexican America. <laughs> That's my favorite country, actually. <laughs> Mexican America. America. X Files aired from 93 to 2002. Uh, they did a remake, didn't they? Didn't they? Add, didn't they release something more uh, recently? Yes, they had a six-episode premiere in 2016, a yeah. short tenth mm-hmm. season, and then concluded February 22nd, 2016. So. Yeah, yeah oh, in wow. 2020, in 2002, I was like maybe eight or ten. Uh, 2002, old I was enough. four. Plenty old enough. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I used to like the original. I haven't watched this most recent uh, short series. Never watched it. <laughs> I've actually never seen any X Files, to be honest. I just know the theme is just part of pop culture, so, yeah. you know. Yeah, for sure. Carlos! Carlos is asking about the Galveston-Houston, uh, whether or not the Archdiocese is supporting religious freedom, right to be exemption. I don't know is the answer. I am not sure where this diocese, uh, and for those that uh, aren't aware, uh, where we are located physically is in the Archdiocese of Galveston-Houston. And uh, I do not know what the, where this particular archdiocese stands on that issue. But as I'll repeat what Christopher Ferrara said, the uh, lawyer from St. Thomas More Society, it doesn't really matter what the Pope, your bishop, your even your priest has to say on the matter. If you have a deeply held religious conviction, then you, according to the law, uh, you know, qualify for religious exemption. The problem, though, is that's all well and good, but you may have to go to court to fight for your right. When that's not cheap, I'm sure. Very time consuming. And I know we have listeners who are in this situation right now. I receive emails about it. So we are praying for, for those circumstances. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, the Tammy says the X-Files were awesome, though. The X-Files were awesome. I guess I need, should watch them. I don't know. Maybe. Mary, good morning I don't watch to you. TV too much anymore. Who watches TV anymore? I feel like that's becoming so de- at a decline. I feel like TV is coming to a decline. What uh, do you guys think? TV still people still watch TV. Good it's morning. just done in a different way. Um, if it's not bingeable, people don't want to keep coming back every week. Though we were proved wrong with that. Whenever Loki was a huge hit on Disney Plus, and people came back week after week to watch it. Same thing with The Mandalorian. Disney Plus um, is not TV though. So. Well, what define TV? TV is your cable provider. Mm, that's like, cable. Y- yeah. TV is TV a, is is not an an app streaming service. Mm, that's that's TV. terms. Terms mean that's, something. Yeah, that's uh, cable. cable. Say TV. They mean television in the traditional sense of the lineup of television shows that you use your remote to flip through. That's cable. That's TV. People watch uh, streaming TV is a, services like a Apple Plus or Netflix or uh, uh, Amazon Prime. Those are streaming services. They're yeah, not TV. and they're saying min- millennials are not uh, paying for yeah, uh, no. cable subscriptions anymore. Yeah. It's a decline. But um, like, for example, in my house, uh, I, I didn't have a TV for the first year and a half of marriage. Uh, we just got a TV because of the pandemic. We were trying to do home workouts, uh, but I rarely use it. And I don't have I don't have TV service in my home. Yeah. I don't. I occasionally just plug it in for like a YouTube video or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, we uh, we cut the cable years ago, many years ago. Um, we do we do we do have a television and we do enjoy entertainment, but we do so as a family and we're pretty picky about it. So, mm-hmm. and it's streaming services. Speaking about yeah. streaming services, did you guys watch the streamed Mass of the Ages yeah. documentary? Oh, of yeah, we or, did. How how did you guys enjoy it? Very I well produced. It. It was very well produced. It was yeah. very good. 
Um, I'm looking forward to the next episode. They kind of leave you at a cliffhanger, don't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, can you, does anybody know who the characters were at the end? Who were the two characters that were shown at the end of Mass of the Ages? There's a photograph, and it's like, to be continued. And, uh, and there's a two characters there. Who were those characters? Mm. How many people watched it, first of all? Raise your hand if you saw uh, the Mass of the Ages documentary film. I think uh, 300,000 people have seen it. 300,000. I Praise think as of today. You can, you can see the views on YouTube. Yeah. Like the number. Jesus Robles, good morning to you. Muchachos, I like that. Good morning, muchachos. Good morning. Uh, Josh Noel, good morning. Praise be to God. Jesus, I like your new uh, profile picture. Looks good. You look like a, uh, a boxer who just uh, got suited up to go to an event. You look good. Yeah, boy, did you see him the other day in his uh, tuxedo? That's what I'm talking about. Is that the one? Yeah, that's his new profile picture. I, I, he's like he's like the Mexican James Bond, like yeah. Santiago Bond. I he mean, has like he guy. has the uh, traditional boxing pose with his fist out, Man. but he's in a tux, and so he looks like a boxer who just like got suited up to like go to a fancy event. He's a good-looking guy in his tuxedo. I was like, whoa, good grief! Whoa, whoa, whoa! What guy, do you mean in his tuxedo? That implies guy. that he's not a good-looking guy. Out of uh, he, he's not a bad-looking dude, but when his tuxedo's on, Jesus <laughs> said. Smoking. I was a boxing ring uh, announcer. That makes sense. Were you really? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Dude, you never told me this. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I'm, like, this I, is I, I'm, I'm always learning things about Jesus. Like, he's like a jack of all trades and master of all. Uh, it's pretty amazing. Uh, why don't I get invited to these things? Uh, yes, good morning to you. Taking your kids to school. Praise be to God. Uh, Isabel and Gabriel say hello. Hello, Isabel and Gabriel. It's good to uh, hang out with you this morning. Hopefully, you're going to have a great day at school. Praise be to God. I'll give you I'll give the uh, Isabel and Emily, Isabel and Gabriel, Isabel a hallelujah. Gabriel, yeah. I don't know why I said Emily. I was thinking I, of my sister. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise be to God. Uh, Jeff Berger says he watched it. The picture at the end was the teaser for the next episode. So the next episode, we interviewed the producer. He said that the next episode will be the uh, history of the new mass. Would probably be the most. Um, debatable, uh, challenging, uh, what do I want to say? Perhaps controversial. Controversial, mm-hmm. that's the word I'm looking for, controversial. Might be the most controversial episode of all three. But nobody knew the answer, so I guess I'll tell them. The two characters at the end of the Im- of the video, that is a to-be-continued, who were the two characters? That was Paul the Sixth mm-hmm. and Bunini. 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 He Bo- was Bunini. one of the architects of the new mass. And uh, they were shaking hands. Uh, so, who are these characters? Well, tune in in December to find out. Yeah. Is, the, is it coming out in December? It is. Mm-hmm. Wow. So long. Why so long? Though, he, they did say that if you decided to have like a huge watch party, rent a theater and stuff, mm-hmm. they would send you both. He said the second one's already done. Oh, okay. um, and so, they're just doing marketing for it and stuff like that, getting it ready to be released. Uh, but they said it's already done, and so if you have like a, if you're renting a theater to watch it, they said oh, you know 45 minutes is not very long to rent a theater for. So they send you both part one and part two, and you can watch the whole thing. That's neat. So, so I might do we that. Should, we should do that here in Houston. I think like, so. Host one. You know, I uh, I had a great event this past weekend in Orange, Texas, at the men's conference, and I was holding on to my tithe from my my stipend and income from that event. And I was trying to contemplate and discern where I should put that tithe. And one of the options is for me to give to the Mass of the Ages. Mm. So I'm contemplating that. Hmm. Chewing on the idea. Um, it might be fun to do a watch party. I think so. I was thinking about doing it as well. 
Well, um, maybe your your donation can be funding the res the reservation of the of the theater. Yeah, mm. if you would be interested in doing that in Houston, I know a lot of our after show listeners are from the Houston area, the greater Houston area. Would y'all be interested in that? Because we would have guns and hoses. That's what Jesus. Okay, well, hold on. That's a side tangent. If y'all would be interested in doing that, the uh, then let me know. I'd be very interested in uh, setting something up, or Joe yeah, and it, I can do it something. Probably um, won't let us do a watch party online. Yeah, we'll probably do it. Uh, yeah. Do it at a theater. I want to. Well, I'm thinking the group itself probably wouldn't want you to do an, a streamed watch party because they're going to be streaming it in December. And you know, oh no no they no, they probably I, don't have an that's issue. That's what I'm saying with for the greater Houston area people. And you know, yeah. so in other words, why don't you guys consider hosting a watch party where you are, and uh, that could be a great way to help promote the film. Nicola, good morning. Praise be to God. Good to see you. Um. Yeah, I've done. I've I've hosted some uh, watch parties for c- certain films, and it's a lot of fun to do that. Uh, so, Guns and Hoses. Jesus said he was ho- had the Guns and Hoses. That is a event that I think is annual. Uh, I could be wrong about that, but it's a uh, annual event, I believe, uh, that where the uh, Houston Fire Department and the Houston Police Department, I don't know about other other cities if they do it or not, but they have uh, tournaments and specifically. They have a boxing tournament where they have a firefighter and a police officer go head to head and they uh, they <laughs> compete. So who won? Jesus, did the firefighters win or did the police officers win? I completely missed that this happened. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, Guns and Hoses. They have all these different Guns and Hoses events. And apparently they had a uh, a boxing and a uh, for the fire department and the police department. I wonder if I know anybody in the fire department that, that fought. That's super cool. Wow. Let's see. Uh, oh, it's it's all over. Yeah, see, the, I'm looking at the lineup. They have um, people from McKinney, from Frisco, from Weatherford. Where's Houston at? Houston's not even on the list. What on <laughs> earth? Did no one, no one from the Houston Fire Department signed up to do it? Wow. Dallas is in here. Are you kidding me? Dallas is on here, but Houston isn't? Wow. Shameful. Yeah, Shameful. Um, didn't, isn't it a thing where the, the Fire Department and Police Department don't get along all that well here? I thought that was a thing. Is yeah. that a thing? I could be wrong. I'd love. I would love to be wrong. But isn't that? A, I just thought that was a. Hmm. Well, you know, we know what they say. I don't know. What do they say? Um, I'm gonna leave that there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna leave, leave that there. You're gonna leave that there. You're gonna touch it. And, and, and that there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, third rails I'll step on. I'm not gonna step on that one. You're not stepping on that one. Mm-mm. Come on, man. I know it. I know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of think watching things. Um. Was it last week? So I've been on a tangent lately. I love history, as I've said. So I go into these sort of modes where I start to deep dive on a particular subject or whatever. And I just, I go through books and I watch content and and all kinds of things. And so I've been binging on George Washington lately. And I discovered there's a YouTube channel that um, has all of these old television movies so back in the day speaking of tv back in the day back when i was a kid they used to make made for tv films and um maybe they still do i don't know but like like these i can remember like pompeii like pompeii was a big thing it was a whole series on television and we all tuned in and it was it was crazy well they made a whole bunch of these types of made for tv films and They've done a ton on the American Revolution, and they did a whole series on George Washington. And it was like an epic series from him being a child all the way to uh, to death. 
and everything in between. And it was it's very good. It's it's done very very well. And I watched that uh, last week during our travels. And so there's I think there's probably I want to say maybe as much as uh, seven or eight hours. It, the whole film is like seven or eight hours and broken up. And it's I got to find the the YouTube channel, but. I, I wonder if anybody here remembers. I think it aired originally like in, in the mid-80s. I wonder if anybody here remembers that. And let me get to it on my... Uh, well, while you do that... George I, Washington okay. originally aired 1984. And uh, I'm trying to remember the, uh, the actor's name. Fireworks, Lionheart Filmworks is the YouTube channel. And uh, the actor's name is... Hold on, I'm going to tell you the actor's name before we move on. George Washington, starring uh, Barry Bostwick. Does anybody remember Barry Bostwick? I'm curious. It's like he's one of these actors who did a ton of stuff and gone in history. Nobody ever remembers him. Who? <laughs> See, this is my point. Barry Bostwick. Does anybody remember Barry Bostwick? I'm just, I was curious watching this film. I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this guy in forever. I wonder what happened to him. He probably did a ton of television back in the 80s. We're talking like Love Boat or Heart to Heart or, or uh, what was that? Uh, Murder, She Wrote. Remember Murder, She Wrote? No. Who remembers Murder, She Wrote? Janice does, of course. I don't. <laughs> Where's where David Magianis? He's the only one I can relate to. Uh, he's, he, uh, you guys watch like crazy stuff. David and I, Sanford and Sons, Gilligan's Island. Like we know all the good ones. It's not my fault. Welcome back, life. Carter. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Adrian? Uh, oh yeah, I was gonna say uh, that the um, you know that's what I was gonna say. Janice, have you ever seen this video that he's playing right now? This mm-hmm. one? Have you ever heard of this video? Heard of this song? Um, from listening to former Catholic Drive Time mm. shows, I've heard it many and times. Still, <laughs> and you still applied? That's 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 very concerning. Very. Hmm. You know, <laughs> on the surface, it seems like it would be fine, right? <clears throat> Jesus is a friend of mine. Amen. But if you watch that video, you realize how subversive it is. How mm. how truly diabolical things are when you watch the video. Mm. Um, so Adrian doesn't tell people that. Interesting. No, I tell people. I tell them they have to watch the video. The video is yeah, amazing. Exactly. The video is the best part. Yeah. Uh huh. It just reminds me of the judgment, the child song, uh, like Jesus. Uh, loves me so the bible tells me so (laughs) (laughs) when i was a kid uh in san antonio we used to go to macarthur park church of christ and we used to ride the joy bus we got the joy 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 down in our heart you ever sing that song yes i think i've heard that song before where down in our heart we used to sing all of those songs on the joy i am a ch i am a ch I am a C-H-R-I-S-T-I-A-N, and I have C-H-R-I-S-T-M-I-H-E-R-T, and I remember that. <laughs> no. Really? No. I would be saying that in VBS all the time. Yeah. I didn't even know VBS has existed what? when I was a kid. Are you kidding me? Dude, I would- uh, Well, I, li- I like how, I feel like the Catholic Church has called, uh, is using VBS because that's what Protestant churches call it, VBS, mm. but I've actually, I know there's a church here in Houston- um, uh, Regina Chelli, they don't call it VBS. They call it Catholic Kids Camp. Yeah. And I really like that because I feel like um, 
we are different than a vacation. We're not yeah. just a vacation Bible school because right. we are, as Catholics, we believe that it's all about the Bible and tradition together, um, not just the Bible alone. So I think more Catholic churches should call their vacation Bible schools Catholic kids camps. Agreed. Agreed. Well, the vacation part was for the parents. <laughs> they get they get a vacation from their kids. Aren't they the ones all volunteering? <laughs> yeah. No. How much of a vacation is that? No. After all? Most mm. parents did not volunteer. Uh, I don't know whose parents you're talking about. I just know that every time my kids have gone to a vacation Bible school, my wife had to volunteer in order to make it happen. Yeah, no, we, I mean, someone has to volunteer, but not for y'all, I guess. Guess not. Uh, <laughs> Tammy says, once you see that Jesus is my friend video, you can't unsee it. And that's a good thing. Yay and That's amen. a good thing. No, it is not. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. It's kind of like, it. like beholding the face of God. You no, can't it is unsee not. Speaking the of beholding of the face of God, the horns of the apocalypse. Judgment is coming. Jesus said the police won low, low fire representation. I'm going to talk to my dad about this. A main event was two HPD officers. Fire department did not have a match for our heavyweight fighters. What on earth? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, maybe, see, now now I want to go and just join the fire department so I can fight on behalf of the fire department. I think that'd be fun. Well, are you going to have to join the fire department? Is that what you said? Yeah. In order to, can you be a volunteer or do you have to like go full? full I'm sure you could be a volunteer. But uh, the great thing about fire department is you only work two days a week, so. Wow. Barry, but 12-hour shifts. 24-hour. Oh, yeah. yeah. Barry Bostwick. Uh, uh, Lori says he uh, was on the Rocky picture show. Are you talking about the Rocky Horror picture That's show? That's horrible. Was he really? What are we talking about? Barry Bostwick. Wow. Rocky Rocky uh, Horror picture show is probably one of the worst things You're right. He ever. was. That's crazy. Oh my heavens! What was this guy in? Huh? I'm going. I haven't. It's amazing to me to find <clears throat> these things that haven't been talked about or thought about in, in decades, probably. Rocky Horror Show is shown every week uh, in Houston. Is it really? Yeah. There's a. They do it. They put it on the play every single week. It's like a cult thing. Um, that it, they. It's, it's definitely a perverted thing. That's for sure. Yeah. They a bunch of people go, and then you have a. They mark you if it's your first time going, and uh, and they like because it's, uh, it's incredibly interactive. Um, he was in the Scorpion King four. How for do you know these things, uh, Adrian? Oh, uh, because I was in theater in college, and a bunch mm. of people would go, and they kept on trying to get me to go, and they wouldn't tell me what it was, and so I almost went one time, and I looked it up beforehand. I was like, okay, if I'm going to go, I'm going to look it up. And it was so, like, just like watching a trailer of it was so scandalizing. I was like, uh, no, I'm definitely not going to this. Because uh, they were just like, oh, it's a cool interactive play you can go to. It's super cool. Everybody goes. But they're not, like, the thing about it is, like, they don't tell you anything about it because you, they want it to be this huge shock factor when you show up and it's crazy. Um, and a bunch of people would like it's like a it's like a thing they do they go like once a month or uh, bi-monthly they just they they mark them how many times they've gone every time you go you get a, another mark um super weird super weird i'm like do not go see that and uh, especially in play form it's worse than the movie well from now my that they've seen jesus friend of mine video they may be more likely to go watch something like mm, this definitely not yes sir no. uh-huh uh-huh mm. this guy barry boswick was in a crazy amount of stuff I mean, Scorpion King. Ton. That's a great movie. He was in Good Law CGI. and Order. 
Scorpion King with terrible CGI. <laughs> 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 uh, man, uh, he did two separate series on George Washington. The first gets you through the American Revolution. That came out in 84. The second come out, came out in 86, and that was him as President of the United States. Very good. I, I'm enjoying it. I like it. I think mostly because they left a lot of uh, foul language out of it because it was the 80s, right? And I, I like that. Praise be to God. There's some other shenanigans in there, but it's not too bad, really. Uh, it's very, very good. Mm. And you can watch it uh, for free on that, uh, on that YouTube channel I told you about. It's called... Uh, it's called Jesus is a Friend of Mine no. by Sunseed. Uh-uh. Lion Heart Filmworks is their YouTube channel. That's what I said. Nope. Jesus is a Friend of Mine. Mm-mm. Sorry. What, what is, do I hear CDT opening again? What does that mean? He's saying because I, I'm going to go and uh, join the fire department. Oh, Jesus, are you, are you applying? Hmm. Mm. We'll switch jobs. Actually, no, I don't want to be a police officer. To, you have to wear the tuxedo if you come to work for us, Jesus. That's the rule. I would switch with you, Jesus, but honestly, I don't want to believe. Does he look like officer. Pitbull? He looks like Pitbull to me. He looks like Pitbull. Doesn't he? What? No. I don't know what Pitbull no. really looks like, to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but he looks like he's some sort of famous rapper. Like, he's pretty, I mean, dapper, man. Dapper in that uh, tuxedo of yours there, Jesus Robles. Praise be to God. That means we are out of time. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about your finances with Thomas Zordani. Usury, finances, Catholic investing, and more. It's going to be our conversation in the first hour. Of course, we'll play the game. We'll also have another after show where you get to uh, bring up the conversation. So otherwise, I'm just going to continue to chat about movies because that's what I do. Praise be to God. God love you. God bless you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Do us a favor and share our content with your friends. We'd be very, very grateful. We're backing up onto Odyssey. So if you've never been on Odyssey, it's a great place to go and subscribe to make sure you get our content. God love you and God bless you. Thank you for joining.